Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. So for the listeners, um, Abby and I, we were just talking about um, near-death experience and we just thought we would record a podcast. So Abby, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. Hi. Hi. I'm Abby. Um, I am a um, health coach. And I live in Michigan, and my <laughs> former career was in end-of-life care. Um, so I have seen my fair share of um, death and just the experiences that surround that. So, um, yeah, this is definitely a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Awesome. How long did you do that for? Uh, I did end-of-life care for almost five years. Oh, Wow. That's a long, that's a lot of experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. Yes. I got into it um, right out of high school. So. Okay. Was, did uh, you have like a degree or did you get any certification or did you just get right into it? Uh, I got right into it um, in a way just by, um, I started working at a care home mm-hmm. and um, it was definitely like an elderly care home. So um, yeah, I didn't have a degree or anything like that at that time, but. Um, as I progressed in the career, I received a lot of training and um, special certifications um, just to make sure that I could advocate for my patients and things like that. Um, and it kind of just progressed as the years went by. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, well, where do you want to begin? Do you want to like get right into it? Or do you want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing now, um, the phase you're in, the cycle you're in? or Yeah, well, I you? Yeah, I feel like I'm in a um, kind of like an opposite time in my life because I went from end of life care and sick care um, to what I do now, which is preventative care and holistic health care for women. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like the exact opposite. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but on it's one like end, intertwined. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> definitely. No, you're fine. Yeah. I it was on one end. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was very much like end of life and death and. Um, cycles coming to an end, but now I'm focused entirely on um, health and longevity and vitality and just really optimizing your wellness so you can live a full and happy life now. And Mm -hmm. um, I definitely enjoyed both types of work, um, but this one feels really right right now. Oh, I love it. You're like aligned. And that's that past career probably put you here, you know, in some way it's definitely like connected and wow so awesome well I love your Instagram I love what you post I'll share your Instagram with the listeners but yeah I mean so you have a lot of certifications though now right or do you have um, yeah yeah, you are very yes I about that yeah I I mean my certifications started when I was you know right out of high school basically I got into the healthcare realm and I was like okay this is what I want to do I just I just knew that it was always going to be healthcare in some way yeah and um, so while I was still kind of working for other people um, it was a lot of you know I did the basic stuff like bloodborne pathogens and CPR and then I, yeah. I was like this is amazing like I love learning this stuff so I got into recipient rights and patient advocacy and um, I did a lot of um, like specialized mental health care Mm-hmm. 
So um, I wor- I learned um, sign language <laughs> as oh, part wow. of the job and yeah, just lots of different ways of communication and just understanding really deeply how the body works. And as I have kind of transitioned through that, um, now I'm almost done with my board certification as a nutritionist. Nice. Oh my and gosh. Of course, I'm a certified holistic health coach and mm-hmm. um, holistic nutritionist. I've taken specialized courses in cannabis and healthcare and reproductive health, um, gut health, digestive wellness, all that good stuff. Wow. You're very, you're great. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I'm definitely a serial student. I don't see myself ever stopping my learning career (laughs) ever. Yeah. So would you get into more, um, like, I mean, you, you're very spiritual, I'd say. So are you looking to get into certification for like Reiki or like energy healing at all? I know that's a very different topic, but I feel like you would move along in that course. Yeah, I've, I've definitely thought about it. I um, took my yoga, yoga teacher training and Mm -hmm. that definitely opened up like a big um, like side of me that I hadn't really explored. Um, I'm very like grounded. I'm very like in myself and like in, in my own bubble and like on the earth and you know I I hear a lot of people talk about how they feel kind of the opposite where they're like kind of floaty and disconnected and they're off you know in their heads and things like that but I'm very much like always here in the now Mm -hmm. and so I think the spiritual side of things has always challenged me a little bit but um, in my work in holistic healthcare, especially with women so much energy work goes into that um, especially when talking about like women's hormone health and things yeah. like that, there's a huge energy component to it. And it's been really eye opening for me to kind of lean into that and yeah. learn more. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, oh my gosh. I have a question actually regarding that, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to balance my hormones. I recently got off birth control like a year ago, I'd say. And I have the natural cycles, um, like the thermometer, I take my basal temperature, um, whatever. So anyways, I've been breaking out like super bad, like cystic, but then it's starting to clear up. But I was wondering if I'm doing the right thing. I'm taking Eve, what is it? Evening primrose and black cohosh. Is that what it is? I I don't know. Are those familiar? Are you familiar with those? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, um, I actually am an herbalist as well. So right. Yes. (laughs) Because I know I knew that. Yeah, so um, definitely they are familiar herbs, but when you're in a time when you're coming off of any type of hormonal birth control, whether it's a pill or an IUD or an implant, um, the main thing to focus on would be your liver because when you're on birth control, your liver has to work extra hard. So when you come off of birth control, a lot of times your liver, which is your body's main detoxifier right next to your skin, can be a little sluggish and backed up or slow and so supporting your liver first okay. and foremost before you ever start working on any other kind of herbs or anything like that is priority. So um, things like turmeric, um, yeah. dandelion is really great and it's everywhere right now because it's summer. So you can eat yeah. the greens, the flowers, the root. They're all great for um, you and for your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, green tea is really important as well. Um, ginger, rosemary, they're all herbs that support healthy detoxification in the liver, which is what you want to be prioritizing. And often um, when you start working with your liver, 
you can see acne clear up a lot quicker. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I rec- recommend to almost everybody who's dealing with acne in particular after stopping birth control is taking a zinc supplement. Yes, I've been taking zinc and I, I see quite a difference. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. Maybe there's a, obviously a correlation, but I break out really bad when I drink alcohol. Yes. For like a whole weekend, like binge drinking, like very stupid. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because yep. it affects the liver. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's been like a year effect. though. I'm like, wow, my face just started clearing up. I'm going to have to show you, like send you photos of what my face looked like. It was terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even explain. I don't know. I was like, where did this come from? But have you ever been on? Do you mind me asking? Have you ever been on birth control or of yes. any sort? Okay. Yep. Long term, definitely yeah. was on the pill. So okay, um, very familiar. And yeah, it's it can be a wild ride. Uh, yeah, on and off. Even especially if you like switch on and then back off and on and off. And yeah, whew, it is crazy, crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also great to come off of it and to start actually experiencing a cycle because yes, um, <laughs> hormonal birth control blocks ovulation and also um, in turn does not give you a true bleed so mm-hmm. um, just actually experiencing the estrogen rising and then falling and rising and falling and learning how to work with that has been incredible and it's yeah. what I dedicate my work to now I love that it's very it's like, like a grounding experience I like can't imagine not having one you know yeah. also seed cycling I've done that before I wasn't consistent obviously consistency is super important with seed cycling but is that something you partake in or, or you're just doing research and. Oh yeah, you, absolutely. You absolutely. It. Yep. I recommend everybody do it um, mm-hmm. as long as you can have the seeds. <laughs> so yeah, right. Um, definitely. Definitely recommend. And yeah, I also okay. seed cycle as well. Love it. Okay. Oh, well, like I said, I'll post your Instagram if you guys are all interested in, you know, learning about this, you post such good like content and it's not just like aesthetics. It's, it's that, but it's also so informational or informative sorry oh my gosh but yeah good for you I'm so I'm so happy we've connected and like I learned so much from you every day oh thank you yeah, yeah. I, I don't focus on aesthetics very much I actually get a, like a lot of shit from um my friends and things like that because I don't have any kind of rhyme or reason I just kind of post whatever I like and <laughs> yeah but that's kind of colors whatever yeah no I love it though I mean it's the, like the depth of it is there you know it's important it's a message and yeah good good for you <laughs> um and you have a garden you're so fun I love it I had a garden like last summer and I neglected it super bad so oh, didn't yeah. really get anywhere I got some like I got herbs from the garden and a few things but yeah I need to get back into it <laughs> Yeah, I I couldn't have a summer without a garden. I think it's so just good for my mental health to be out there. And yeah, you know, it gives me something to take care of besides just I myself. <laughs> yeah, and you're connecting with the earth and feeding yeah. yourself nutritious food. You know where it's coming from. And yes. I know I love like farmer's markets. You should look into um, selling some produce there. Like farmers. Uh, I have totally thought about that before. Yeah. And even the mushrooms that you're growing, like I bought my, my lines made from, um, a farmer's market, mm, like $7. Yeah. Like this person probably grew it for like $2. Yeah. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, good. 
Well, do you want to get into the other topic of EOL care and your experience with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, I have, I mean, I can just kind of like work my way through a few stories. I have some crazy stories. I've seen, I've seen basically what I feel like is everything. I'm sure there's more, but (laughs) (laughs) um, that I haven't seen, but I definitely had a broad range of death experiences during my Mm -hmm. time. And you'll just have to forgive me because um, I feel like I can seem kind of blase about it because <laughs> I've been exposed to it so many times that no, it doesn't okay. have its shock factor for me anymore. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's um, right. So I guess, let's see. Well, the first person who I ever took care of up until the end of their life um, was an older woman mm-hmm. and her name was Donna and <laughs> Um, she was like a crotchety old lady, you know, like the stereotypical, like wacky with a cane and yeah. be super mean to you and like cuss you out and stuff. So <laughs> she was a whole bundle of joy. Um, and she, she kind of tricked me because I, her death was so easy, um, that I kind of was like, oh, this is how it's always going to be. Like, it'll always just be so peaceful and nice and go in your sleep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oh, are you there? Yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so her, my experience with her was when I was still working in a care home. Um, mm-hmm. And she, we had a cat there at the care home. It was like the house cat. <laughs> and um, it was a totally black cat. <laughs> and oh. everybody always joked that the cat knew when someone was going to die. Um, okay. but it definitely was not a joke. The cat definitely knew. Wow. <laughs> and, um, it started like following her and meowing, um, as she was kind of walking through the house that night after she got her meds from me and mm-hmm. it was just weird. The cat was acting super weird. And I thought, uh, you know, okay, whatever. That's kind of freaky, but it's fine. And I did night shift, um, which is another important part of this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was with her overnight and, she went to bed at her normal time around 11 and the cat followed her in there and jumped up on her bed and slept on her feet, which the cat never did that. It always hung out with me all night. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my first clue. So I texted my coworker and I'm like, the cat's acting really fucking weird. <laughs> I think something might be happening. And she's like, yeah. oh, it definitely, definitely is. And she was like, just make her comfortable, tuck her in and text me if anything happens. And I went in to check on her the next morning because um, she always slept right through the night and she was gone. She was just gone. And wow. the cat was, had jumped off her bed and it was very peaceful. And it was basically like the way everybody kind of wants to go. You know, everybody wants to go in their sleep and yeah. have it be very nice and just kind of not wake <laughs> up again. And so right. that was my first experience. And it was a super big shock. Like I walked in and I was like, good morning, Donna. And she just didn't she didn't wake up (laughs) and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god I kind of started freaking out I'm like she she died while I was here like I was in the house with her like all this stuff yeah and so I texted everybody that I had texted and called the fire department because they had to come and confirm um death and then call the coroner office and all these things had to happen but I felt like I was just like a zombie like I was just so stunned by the fact that it actually happened right and that I was actually in the house with someone while they died and I was just I was kind of fucked up over it I'm not gonna lie like I came to work the next day and I was just scared that everyone was gonna die oh wow (laughs) um 
but it is definitely one of those things that you become more comfortable with um, as right. you see it more. And so, yeah, that was my very first experience and it was a very easy one. Um, and then she I eased, had some, yeah, eased you into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. I think if I would have had like a really hard one the first time, I would have just, ne- I would have quit and never gone back. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. And I had um, several more experiences at that care home um, before I left mm-hmm. and moved on to um, a different place of employment. And there's definitely one from there that stuck with me, which was um, an older, older man. And he had been exposed to Agent Orange in the war. So he was missing several toes. He was just really, really unwell altogether. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, he had um, a disease that was quite contagious at one point in time, um, and I was one of the people who would quarantine in his room with him and take care of him. Okay. Um, so I got to know him really well. He never really talked to me except if he wanted to eat. And yeah. he would be like, get me a pickle or whatever. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we never really talked. But even just being around someone, you still get to know them. And you get to know, like, I could look at his face and tell if he was in pain or tell if he wanted to be moved or anything like that. Yeah. And, um it was just like, yeah, a strong connection. So um, he actually passed away. It was kind of rough. Um, it was the first time I had seen someone pass away while trying to fight it. Oh, um, shoot. Yes. So he kind of like halfway yelling, like you could tell he was very um, uncomfortable. And he, but he had a do not resuscitate. So, um, you know, everyone knew, and I wasn't the only one there, thankfully, because I kind of was, again, freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everyone knew that he had already basically put in his last wishes, and whatever was going to happen was going to happen, and he made it very clear that he was ready, mm-hmm. um, but he still fought it, and I think it was just because he was really stubborn, and he always wanted to do things his way, and yeah, he wanted, he wanted everything to be just so. And so, yeah, he definitely fought it and there was some yelling and then it was just silent. And again, it shocked me. And um, yeah, that was, that was kind of crazy. It was the first one that I had really been attached to the person. Right. Um, And I feel like I get attached to everybody. So I'm probably actually the least qualified person in the world to do that job. (laughs) I I would be a a everyone. Yeah, I pretty much was for five whole years I was never truly okay I think wow (laughs) um but yeah that was the first one where they were very vocal and I it had never occurred to me before that that was a thing um yeah because usually when you think about death you think about something that's really you know soft and quiet and you just kind of go on to the next whatever that may be um yeah so it it really rattled me (laughs) Um, and then the death that came immediately after that, I had like basically two back to back was another older guy and he, it was, everybody knew he was dying. He had been moved to hospice. It was like down to the last few days and his wife was with him. It was like, it was very sad, but also they had like made their peace with it. You could tell. Mm-hmm. And this man was a devout Christian. Like, okay. He just believed the word of God. 
he was, you know, I, I grew up in the same church as him. Wow. Um, and you, he just was, he just was a devout Christian and a really amazing man mm-hmm. as was his wife. Um, and so when it was his time to go, he was like, I'm going home. Like, it's all good. I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven Aww. in school. Like he was, he was okay with it. He was upset to be leaving his family and his wife, but he was ready. Oh and... my gosh. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. What? yeah. Um, oh, so God. he, I remember like the last, you know, few moments, like you can kind of tell when somebody is getting ready to die, mm-hmm. like even down to like a few minutes because they start what's called labored breathing. Yeah. Which is basically when breathing gets a little harder and they kind of will sometimes sound like they're gasping for air a little bit, but really it's just kind of more of a drag to breathe. Mm-hmm. And so he started doing that. He closed his eyes and his wife was talking to him and holding his hand and it was so sweet. Uh-huh. I'll cry just thinking about it. Wow. Um, but basically they, they just knew. So we stepped back and just gave them their space. Um, but there was me and several other people in the room. And I remember he was like, you could tell he was listening to his wife. Yeah. And he was kind of struggling to breathe and it was just getting really close. You knew like, oh. it's like a, it's a strange feeling, but <laughs> Um, he opened his eyes one last time and he was like just laying on his back and he was opening his eyes and he was just looking at the ceiling mm-hmm. and he was like, honey, honey, honey. And he sounded like so urgent and she's like, what? And she like leaned in and he was like, I can see God. <gasps> He's like, I can see God and I can see my mom wow. and I can see my brother. And he, he sounded so like, it was so like, urgent, but he was so happy wow and I have chills all of my body I know I do too just I, every time I think about it um but he was just staring and like I'm not obviously not at the ceiling but he was seeing something yeah and he said I can see God and everybody was like oh my gosh we all gasped and and then he was just gone um wow. just like that like like literally I was just standing there after it happened and I was like God is like so real like that was like really really real like like that man saw God while he was still on earth right do you think though do you think that maybe he was like gosh I don't want to be this person but do you think he was like delusionally like visualizing this or do you think it was so urgent like it sounded like you were there you could feel like the energy in the room do you think that it was just calling him like that his God yeah, was calling I, him. I think it definitely was. I mean, maybe he was hallucinating it, but more than anything, I truly believe he did see his God. Like, wow. I, I believe that truly yeah. because he had been like struggling to breathe. And I've thought about this so much, obviously, but he had been kind of struggling to breathe. And um, all of a sudden he was just like, honey, honey, honey. Like he was talking. He was like, I can see God. I can see my mom. I can see my brother. He's like, then he just kind of like went quiet and that was it he just took his last breath and was just gone so what isn't that comforting for his wife oh it was it was comforting for everybody (laughs) right well yeah yeah that is amazing that's crazy yeah it was it was amazing the one of the only deaths I've attended where it was just like so joyful like he was like oh my gosh like I believed this my whole life and it's here like it literally arrived in this room so wow 
Yeah. That's so crazy. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. How old was he? It makes me smile. Yeah. He was in his late 80s. So he was was quite old. Yes. And um, yeah, that one, that one has stuck with me very clearly for sure. Yeah. It was one of my happy ones for sure. Yeah. That is like something you really can't forget for sure. So are you... Are we going to go down this rabbit hole? I don't want to get too personal. You don't feel like you need to share, but are you still Christian? I the religion. So I guess like the way I like to describe it, because I don't love the label Christian just because I've had some bad experiences like in Christian churches and things like that. Um, and with pastors, just like just kind of the whole thing is how I was raised. Um, yeah. But I had some bad experiences and I don't love the label Christian. Um, but I would say I definitely have a relationship with God and mm-hmm. who God has become to me has definitely evolved. Um, and I can see like I see God's hand on a lot of different things like I see his hand in nature Um, I see it in other people I don't necessarily believe that God like is this old white man in the sky you know what I mean like that it's so much bigger than that and um, like I have become very comfortable with just just loving who God is for me Mm-hmm. And like not attaching any other expectations than that. Yes, I agree. And and then when I think of religion, I think of like living by a, a book, right? A guideline. Yeah. And I think that to personalize your own God and, you know, higher source of energy and, you know, healer all in one, I think it's so different for everyone. And I like how you explain that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really, it really changed for me when I started doing end of life care, because I saw, I saw every kind of ending, you know, I saw the man who met God in his fucking living room. Like I saw that, like, I truly believe that God was there. Like he was there. The energy was powerful. The man was overjoyed. And I've also attended deaths where they were atheists. They didn't believe in any type of higher power. It It was what it was. And like, not even like universal. Yeah. Just nothing. There's, it it is what it is and that's it. And those deaths, you know, were always the toughest, um, for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's maybe because of hope. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about it a lot, you know, like maybe, maybe a huge part of religion is something to live for and something to die for. Yes. Yes, because if you're not gonna be happy after you die, if you're not looking for, I mean, it's not something to look forward to, but if you're not anticipating anything, yeah, then I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you have? What kind of experience is your death going to be like? Exactly, exactly. And I think that, I think that the, the people who I have attended to at the end of their life who believed in God or, you know, a God at least, like just something always had a better experience than those who thought there was nothing for them at the end. And, you know, I've, I've had experiences with um, veterans who really thought like, I don't deserve a good afterlife. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I don't deserve this. And um, that's, that's really tough too, because um, I think people feel like 
they don't you know I think this is common like people feel like they they aren't deserved of being loved by God loved by God or loved by really anybody because of what they've done or what they've seen or what they've experienced whatever it may be and I think that's the hardest of all because if you don't feel like you deserve that love then there's Mm -hmm. nothing at the end for you and that's really hard for people. And I think that finding something to believe in, whether it's God or whether it's, you know, nature or whatever it may be, maybe you think you'll reincarnate as a bumblebee. I don't know. Right. But as, as long as you believe that there's something there for you waiting for you, that transition is always easier. Wow. And you've seen it firsthand. That is amazing. Oh, 99% 99% of people on earth probably don't ever experience as, as much as you've done or you've had. That's crazy. I've watched a lot of shit go down. <laughs> yeah. You said like 67 deaths? Yes. Yep. Wow. So do you get like, did you get emotional or did you feel, was there any moment where you felt their soul like departing? Yes. Um, there was definitely some that like wrecked me because of that. Um, wow. There was a point in time where I had like a couple of hard deaths like in a row and like I definitely like fell into a depression because it's so there's so many highs and lows. Like like I said, you I've seen deaths that made me believe without a doubt that there's God. And then I've also seen deaths where I'm just like, how could anyone let this happen? Like, how could it end like this? You know, so I've definitely seen both ends of it. And I've had to ask a lot of my own hard questions about what I believe. And yeah, it's been intense, but I've definitely, um, I had one death where um, it was a woman and she was younger, um, but she had been, you know, through the ringer with her health. And um, it was, she had been moved into end of life care and it was, she, she knew it was her time and she was pissed about it. Like there's no other way to say it. She was mad that Mm -hmm. her life had turned out like that. Um, And she felt like, like a big injustice about it all. Mm -hmm. And when she died, um, she was actually, she was, she was using the bathroom. She's on the toilet and she started calling my name. And so I ran back to her room and she stood up and she started screaming and she's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. And it was just like a very like sudden and a traumatic thing. And I grabbed her cause she started falling and I was like holding her and I was trying to like gently get her to the bed or to the ground or something and, like just lay her down basically so that I could help her and see what's going on. I was like one hand on nine one one, one hand on her kind of thing. And wow. I was like, Oh my gosh. And then she was just gone. Like she literally died up against me and so she knew she was dying like these people know I don't think she knew I don't think she knew that she was dying she just knew something was like wrong like she felt I don't know if she felt weird or if something hurt or like if she just felt dizzy like she just she just started calling for me and then I grabbed her and she was screaming and then she was just gone just like that like just in my arms dead Um, wow so yeah, that one like really rattled me because I'm like, what? <laughs> and, like, you see a lot of death when people know it's coming. And like, she knew that her death was coming, but she didn't know it was coming like that. And yeah. it just makes you realize how fragile life is. Like, it really is 
just a tiny little thread holding it all together and it could be severed at any time like you any don't time yeah like I'm not gonna lie I have quite the anxiety and I every day I'm like oh I'm dying right now like I just have like weird feelings in my body and I'm like like the other day I was having like like my skin hurt like to the touch and I was like oh this is it like just random things like okay that's a little extreme right but I mean I can't imagine feeling that, like what death feels like yeah let alone not ex- not knowing when it's gonna happen though right like and you that's, could be that's walking the part down of- the street and it could happen for sure I mean we and we see this examples wow. of this all the time we see it in car accidents and sudden illness and yeah just all kinds of like scary freak accidents I mean and that was the biggest thing that I took out of all of my experiences like attending these deaths was just that like you really are not promised anything like life does not owe you anything it does not Mm -hmm. owe you another day it does not owe you another breath and I think when you can really get your head around that is when you start appreciating it all more. And um, also I just in experiencing that and in like fully accepting that because I was exposed to it so many times, like I definitely went from a place where death was like this scary thing. Like I was like, holy, like the first time I saw someone die, I'm like, holy fuck. Like that was, wow. that was crazy. And now it, it has just become something that I've accepted it and it doesn't have its shock factor anymore. I don't fear it. Mm-hmm. And my entire life quality has improved when I stopped fearing death and just accepted that I know what's on the other side for me. Yeah. And I, you know, I believe in God and I know what's on the other side for me. And I like, I love that and I appreciate that. And because of that, I love every single day a little bit more. Yes. So, yeah. And you've, you've attended a death meditation before. (laughs) Yes. What, yes. Love that. Yes. That's actually how you and I connected, I believe. Yes, it is. It is. I actually started doing my own practices with that, like my own guided meditations. Um, there's a twist to it, but um, yeah, that, that definitely opens up, you know, a new perspective of, wow, this could be my last day here. And what did I love myself enough? Did I do the things I wanted to? And really like jumpstart to your dreams and yeah. Yeah. And that's why mm-hmm. I attended that death meditation. It wasn't, it, I think a lot of people attend death meditations or, you know, yearn for those types of experiences where you look death in the face because they want to know what it feels like. And yeah. the, the short but long answer is it's not the same for anybody. There's no. no two deaths that are the same. You don't get to know what it feels like. You don't get to know how it's going to affect you or what, when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen or anything like that. Yeah. But the thing about death that has definitely fascinated me from the beginning just starting this work and then um, again why I attended that death meditation is it's a huge reminder to show up in your life the way you want to I attended that death meditation because I was feeling stuck and I was at like a transition point in my life yeah and I was like okay I'm gonna go and experience like basically death light (laughs) yeah Um, it's basically like for you know those who don't know a death meditation is basically you get walked through the end of your life and you experience a death in your mind and the question asked is who do you you know you open a door and it's somebody that you really need to apologize to who is that 
Mm-hmm. You, you open this door and it's someone that you didn't love hard enough. Who is that? Right. You open this door and it's somebody that you need to reach out to. Who is that? And these people appear and it's a very um, jostling experience. Yes. Um, and emotional. It's very emotional. Yep. And but that's why I went because I was like, I'm at a crossroads point in my life. And I want to make sure that as I'm leaving behind this chapter, I've done everything that I was supposed to do. Exactly. And that as I'm stepping into this next chapter of my life, I'm exactly where I want to be. And I know what I want my goals to look like for the next, you know, X amount of years or X amount of time. So that's why I went to the death meditation. And that's the biggest thing that's come out of attending deaths is just the realization that people who have made their peace and who have nothing left to say and they just know what's in store for them on the other Mm -hmm. side. Those are the people who get the peace. And then there's also people who haven't made their peace with either themselves or what they believe or with their family or with other people or whatever it may be. Yeah. And that's when it's always hard. Wow. That is, that is so hard. If, and for the recipients, right. I'd say it's just not a peaceful ending, but. Yeah. And the other thing to note too, is that really like, you know, death is like a crazy thing. Like, yeah. But what has really stood out to me is, like, even with all of these different types of death, like, I've seen people go peacefully. I've seen people go screaming. Like, I've seen, like, all types of experiences. I've seen people after an accident. I've seen people, like, just because they're old, just because whatever. And it's always the, the only part that matters to that person to whoever may be nearing the end of their life or dying Mm -hmm. the only part that matters or stands out is a part while they're here on earth right so there's like a moment where you they're on earth their soul resides on earth and then in the very next breath they're not anymore right it's just their body and I think that's a really yeah Yeah, it's a really important thing for people to remember, like, especially from the other side of things, like grief. I always used to tell family members and people like that um, who maybe were there and they saw kind of like an uncomfortable ending. I'm like, you know, it's only painful for the people that survive. (laughs) Like, it's only painful for you and me because we watched it happen. They're not in pain. Right. They're detached from their physical body. Yeah. They can't feel any sort of... Yes. And that was just like a big reminder. Like, even when, you know, you have a death that's like messy or whatever, looks Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, whatever it may be, that's only an earthly experience. Right. So can I be pretty vulnerable really quick? Yeah. Regarding this, because I'm currently in the grieving process and it's like some I've never experienced this before. I mean, I've I've lost two cousins. They were brothers. I lost numerous my like my favorite aunt in the whole world my grandma two grandmas whatever like probably I could name like 20 very significant humans but this certain death was like the one that hit me so hard and it was a soulmate so I don't know maybe that's why but I just don't understand like I I understand that like he's happy he's you know not feeling the depression he was in and but I'm still, like, confused on when I'll ever see him again. And it's just a very heartbreaking experience. You know, I, I know I'm trying to understand that, like, he's still 
a soul somewhere. I just, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But if you have any words of advice or, you know, thinking more in terms of um, a soul versus the body. Yeah, definitely. The the most comforting thing I ever heard um, was right after a death. And I was I was with um, a coworker who was much, much older than me and was very wise and helped me through like a lot of different deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person had passed away. We were waiting on um, the next people who had to come in. And she said, let's go outside and have a smoke. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty good right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and we were standing out there and outside and she mm-hmm. she looked at me and she was like I know this one was really painful for you yeah. but and then she said you have to remember one of the basic scientific laws of life is that mm-hmm. energy cannot be created or destroyed right everything that is here now always has been and yeah. can't leave it's always here she's like you have to remember that his energy mm-hmm. is still here yes and maybe he's in heaven maybe he's wherever she she personally didn't hold any beliefs so she was like maybe he's wherever he is but you you have to remember that his soul his essence and his energy still resides here with us yeah on this earth um and that was very comforting to me um and it kind of clicked in my head I'm like that's definitely what spirits and ghosts are (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think so too and but it just confuses me that like I also believe in reincarnation and I just, it's just so many contradictions all at once. Like, mm-hmm. cause I feel presence around me. Like I feel Jonah around me. I can go outside in nature and I just imagine him as the wind. I know it sounds so crazy, but like, I just feel him all around, yes. but then I want to believe that they reincarnate and like, I just don't have answers and after his death, I'm like, I, I think of all these things and where he's at and, you know, what form of energy is he or is he residing in a new body? And it just blows my mind. I, I don't know where to go from there or how to find any um, light within, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I understand completely. And um you know, the tough part about it is that there's no real complete answer. I know. Um, even even if you, like, let's say, like, you know, I believe in God. I believe yeah. that there is a heaven afterlife. I believe that there is, you know, an afterlife that um, God created for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still doesn't give me any of the answers that I've spent a lot of time looking for. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is exactly what you're talking about. Like where exactly, like, how does it work? Like, let's say that, you know, so-and-so is in heaven, but like, where really are they? Right. Like, is it a consciousness? Is it a spirit? Is it energy? Like, how does it work? And I think that's what people get hung up on. They're just like, well, okay, that's good. But like how? And, it's just one of those things that just can't be explained. And I've always just kind of hung on to that energy cannot be created or destroyed law of the universe. Yep. It's a, it's a law. It is. Yep. And that's the most comforting thing. Yes, it is. It is. And that's definitely one of the most comforting things that I've, I've learned just through the experience of end of life stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that I've held on to forever (laughs) and always will. Yeah. And, but the, you know, the hard truth is that we don't really have all of the answers, but as on the, 
on the end of grief, I can say that I, I, I usually explain it like this, like your life is like a car. Mm-hmm. Right? You have your little car. Everybody has their own little car, right? That they're just like, they drive around and they do their thing and they right. live their life. They drive their life. So you're in the driver's seat and you can have passengers. Right. And sometimes grief gets in the car. And the important thing is to not let grief sit in the front seat with you. Oh, okay. So grief can ride in the back seat. Grief can actually lay down in the back seat and like take up a whole bunch of the fucking back seat. Yeah. But as long as you're not letting grief get in the passenger seat and tell you how to drive, mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. Yeah. And wow, that's great. Yeah. I always just visualize it like that. And, you know, when things would overwhelm me, I'd be like, okay, grief is like, you know, has like one hand on the wheel right now. Like it's getting yeah. serious and I need to push, I need to put grief back in the back seat. Right. Um, because the, you know, when, when you're grieving, you don't want to just say like, oh, I'm not like right. grief, grief doesn't ride with me. Grief doesn't sit in my car, whatever. Like, that's just not true. It's always there, but in the back seat. So you can mm-hmm. also put happiness back there. Yeah. You can put company back there, companionship, community connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually squeeze a whole bunch of stuff in the back seat and even if in the trunk, if you got to. Yeah. But on the top of the car, if you want to. <laughs> exactly. Strap yeah. it all on, get some bungee mm-hmm. cords, whatever you got to do. <laughs> you can have a really loaded car life. <laughs> but right. as long as that passenger seat remains empty, you're in control of the car. Whatever mm-hmm. goes on can happen in the back seat. Oh, my God. That's so such a good way to look at it. Yeah. <sighs> wow. So you have more control than you think. And I mean, it's something that like we're all going to have to go through eventually. And yeah, I mean, that goes for everything in life. If you take too much of one thing and let it control your life, then I mean, that's what the outcome is going to be essentially. So yeah, it's a balance act and definitely. awareness, right? Yeah, definitely. And you know, there are some things like sometimes grief will literally stand in front of your car and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like sometimes it just will absolutely floor you for days or weeks. Um, But it's what comes next that matters because going back to that, our, you know, our law of the universe, the energy cannot be created or destroyed. If you are just driving along in life one day and then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. boom, grief is like, we're having a protest. You're not going anywhere. We're sitting, we're sitting right here. Like stop the car. Right. What happens to your momentum? What happens to your energy? Right. If it stops wow. and the world still needs you to keep going, keep driving, you got to tell grief, get in the fucking back seat. You can get ride here. Yeah. You can ride with me, but you're not in control because I have to keep driving. Yes. Take control over that. Yeah. I know. And it, it's definitely like to be felt, right? Not ignored. But at the same time, you just have to, yeah, understand that it's natural. Um, like just like other things you keep in the back seat or in the passenger seat like misfortunes right and just life life things but um wow yeah that's a good way to look at it thank you for sharing that yeah I like that I'm gonna think about that yeah and you know the other half of it is that time time will heal a lot of stuff yeah and um, it will 
it, it's it sound it's the hardest thing ever to hear when you're grieving and you're like oh great more time more more of this like I love that <laughs> more <you> sadness know? <laughs> right great I got a lot to look forward to more, yeah more time got it um, got it but it's you know it's the hardest thing to hear but it's so so true like yeah. as time goes on it becomes something that um you know it doesn't it just doesn't hurt as deep as it used to it still hurts undoubtedly it, it'll hurt forever but Right. Um, you know, it becomes something that you can kind of patch up with love. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I know. And it's just, it's just crazy to think. Like, I, I just don't, I think about it every single second of the day. Like, I, I don't know. I have so many questions and. Yeah. Just it's important like, to keep asking those questions. That's one of the most beautiful, magical things in life mm-hmm. um, is that like, we get to ask these questions yeah, and we get to um, live in a world where it's like okay to question what's next. It's okay to question God. It's okay to question all of these things because we're human, mm-hmm. and you know we were created perfectly imperfect, um, as the saying goes. And yeah. we're you know you can you can go as deep as you want to into these questions. Yeah, um, where do you get some of your answers from? Like meditation or like just nature? I mean, a lot of people find answers within. I think like without forcing, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it just definitely partly came from a place of acceptance. Yeah. Um, Like this was, I like was smacked in the face with this so many times. I was like, just had to kind of get used to the idea Mm -hmm. Um, and accept that that's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, But also I think just, I find a lot of peace and a lot of answers in just living in a way that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. I don't leave anything unsaid if I can at all avoid it. Um, it's really important to me. Like, even if like five years goes by, right. Think about someone. It's so uncomfortable for me to like reach out and be like, hi, like, I know that we ended on kind of weird terms and we haven't talked in half a decade, but I really need to tell you some things. Like, <laughs> It's so uncomfortable. And a lot of people won't do it. Right. But, but I will. <laughs> because wow. that is how I find a lot of peace because I don't want to get to the end whenever that may be and think yeah. ah fuck if I would have just reached out to that person I could have been cool <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah I definitely wow. find a lot of peace from that and I will leave you with a book recommendation oh okay let me write this down yes it's called the five people you meet in heaven Oh my gosh, I think my mom has it. Yep, definitely crack it open, read the whole thing. It's short, it's sweet, and it changed everything for me. Wow. It, okay. it gave it gave me a lot of purpose um, because everything that's said in the book can be applied to anybody's life. Right. So it's like a universal, it's not like yes. In regards to like a certain religion or Yeah, it's definitely okay. I think it's I think it's kind of directed towards Christianity, but it absolutely could be applied and given to anybody who is willing to read it regardless okay. of what you believe. Yeah, that's good. I know I'm like pretty torn in between. Um, like I was Catholic all my life, but then I like just started to transition and evolve, which is totally normal and fine. So I have like my own little sense of God and, you know, a higher power. So I really want to listen or not listen. I want to read that book. I think that'd be cool. Also, yeah. oh, what is it? Tuesdays with Maury. Have you heard of that one? No. Oh, gosh. It's sad. I think my mom told me it's super sad. It's kind of like walking someone um, 
through the last days on earth and just like the grieving process so I might read that one too but yeah (sighs) yeah another one that was really good for me to read is um the shack okay um is the you know half of the book is absolutely horrifying like yeah get ready because it it is to put it very blatantly it is about the murder of a little girl and her dad goes back to the shack that she was murdered in which is why the book is called the shack yeah and when he gets there he meets his god which is god (laughs) i mean god is god is god is god Mm -hmm. Um, and but he meets um god as a black woman oh wow and he also meets jesus Mm -hmm. and he also meets the holy spirit um and it was the first time that i ever read something that humanized god in that way Mm -hmm. um and it made me realize like you know he's not he's not the dude i grew up in church thinking he was you know (laughs) there's definitely a stereotype yeah for sure and i think especially just like in america like i don't want to be that bitch but like in america there's definitely a stereotypical god and yeah um, i i i truly do believe he is so much more than that or they are so much more than that whatever it may be i mean and in the book the shack he met god as a black woman and it is hilarious and heart-wrenching and you will cry (laughs) at least five times oh my gosh it definitely puts a new perspective on something that i struggled with so much growing up yeah it was really healing for me to read that oh well thank you i'm excited to read it yeah i know it's crazy how like we think i don't know we're we're programmed certain ways our whole life and then there comes a point where you just awaken to your own perspective of things and i think it's interesting like i want to know i if everyone could like show me what their god looks like i want to just see it all you know what i mean Mm, yeah i don't know if you put a face to yours but i just i don't know interesting interesting things and we're just always we're never gonna know until we all experience it ourselves and yeah that's right cool i mean unless you do have a a near-death experience (laughs) like i've been what was that yeah that's right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about near-death experiences, and most of them were all pretty similar. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how, do, how, does, how does that make sense? Like, all five of the ones I was listening to are, like, similar. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I, yeah, there's a lot of similarities when it comes to death and near-death experiences. It's, there's, there's more similarities than there are differences. Each death is so different, but at the end of the day, there's so many similarities. And I, I think that's even more true with near-death experiences. Um, there's a book called, there's a book called 23 minutes in hell where a man literally went to bed next to his wife and died for 23 minutes. He was dead in his sleep. He died of a heart attack. Wow. And he spent 23 minutes literally dead. Like, there's no reason for this man to be alive. And wow. okay, you know, usually that's brain damage. And brain, yeah. You can't come back from that, but he did. And he went to what he experienced as hell. And he <gasps> spent 23 minutes in hell. Wow, I have chills. <laughs> yeah. And um, it he, he wrote a book about his experience in hell. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, it's just one of those things that makes you think like, he really experienced that. Like that's, that's his truth. And there's a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of stories, there's books and movies and all kinds of things written about what people 
um, experience when they die and then are brought back. And especially for people who have, you know, who were dead for, you know, maybe five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wow. It's very fascinating to, you you know, start looking into it. Yeah, I know I have. And it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to, this sounds so weird and morbid, but like, I want to know what it feels like to have an NDE. Mm-hmm. like I don't want to induce it but I, at the same time I want to figure out I mean yeah it can take DMT but do I want to do that probably not <laughs> right well and you know DMT you know there's no drug that can even come close like I yeah. think a lot of people say that DMT is like dying because it's the closest thing that they can imagine dying feels like right but it's not the actual Act you're dying. not you're not actually dying no you're yeah. just like really really fucked up for 10 minutes yeah, you know? hallucinating yeah <laughs> yeah what it feels like because i mean it's essentially the same what is it that chemical we give our brain yeah. gives off i don't know what happens scientifically but yeah yeah i would rather just experience the real thing i mean in a very um strategic healthy way if it was like a natural <laughs> thing like i would i would be okay with it if i knew i was going to come back Right, right. No, I can understand that. I can understand that. I think, yeah, I, I imagine a lot of people feel uh, the same kind of, you know, morbid curiosity because I know it's so weird to think about. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things you don't know. Like, yeah, you, you really don't know. And even after experiencing literally dozens of deaths, I still don't know what mine's gonna be like. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just wow. It's so sacred, really. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. It was, it was like the highest honor I've, you know, you can experience is like attending someone's death because it really is like, that's, that's the, the that's it for their time yeah. on earth as, mm-hmm. the, as in that body as themselves, whatever, however you want to, you know, imagine that or right. that. Um, so crazy. So yeah. if you could take one thing from your experience as a EOL care giver, I don't know. Is that the title? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yep. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, What would your biggest, I guess, lesson be? I think you probably mentioned it a few times, but just to recap. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's there were so many lessons in so many ways. Um. So hopefully, everybody listening got you know took one thing at least from it. But all in all, it really just came down to the the idea and the acceptance that it really is just a little red thread (laughs) holding everything together. And um, if you're waiting to do something, if you want to do something, if you have someone you want to talk to, if it's been a decade, if you need to like write a letter and burn it, if you need to go into an empty field and scream, like you got to just do it. Like whatever it is, you have to become so uncomfortable to do that you've been putting off that you would not be okay with. Like if you knew Mm -hmm. you were going to die tomorrow morning or whatever, yeah. Would you be cool leaving that thing undone or unsaid? Wow. And if the answer is no, then you got to hurry up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> because, time because, is ticking. Like I said, yeah, life doesn't owe you anything. It doesn't owe you another day. It doesn't owe you another breath. And yeah, yeah I think, and just making peace um, with the fact that, you know, nobody gets out alive. I mean, there's a little morbid humor for you, but like, yeah, really nobody's getting out alive. We're all going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think just accepting that and, Finding something to believe in. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't believe in 
saying like, oh, you have to believe this. You have to believe that. But you got to find something like find something to live for. Find something you would die for. Exactly. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Beautiful. It's metaphorically just beautiful. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense, but it is. It is. It's like I have chills. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you want to share with the listeners? And I think that's it. Hopefully yeah. my my super weird, you know, life <laughs> can, <laughs> can, you know, shed some light on whatever you've, you know, you're dealing with. I mean, everybody, yeah. everybody carries their own bags. So whatever, okay. whatever it is, hopefully you um, heard something that you needed to hear, you Aww. know, some kind of comfort. Yeah, I'm sure it resonated with a lot of people. I know it. I mean, even if it just resonated with me, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I you're just, so welcome. I just feel like I'm very grateful. And this is a great conversation. I could literally talk about this for hours. Me too. But I'll, I'll let you go. We can <laughs> always reconnect. But yeah, definitely. We'll have to so do like a round two. Yeah, we should. Seriously. Um, I'm going to. Oh, sorry. My dog is barking. Have you really quickly? Have you heard, a, you know, out of body experience? Yes. Right. So. I mean, when we connect again, we could, wow, I'm really sorry. He is being crazy. Um, We can talk about that. That's another realm of discussion, but definitely. Yeah. So I'm going to practice that and we can touch base again. Yes. Yes. Oh, and I guess if anybody is listening and wants to like talk more, um, get at me. Like I'm always down. (laughs) yeah so you want to share your instagram yeah yeah it's um it's sunshine wellness and sunshine is spelled with a y so it's s-u-n-s-h-y-n-e wellness no spaces all lowercase good stuff awesome and then i will tag it i'll link it so they can click right on your instagram and give you a follow and yeah reach out to her if you have questions definitely yeah open book Oh, well, thanks thank so you much, so Lexi. much again. Yes. yes. Have a great rest of your night and I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you. You too. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.